nobody can tell you There's only one song worth singing They may try and sell you Cause it hangs them up Welcome to Lost in the Lockdown again. Um, first episode of our journey into season two, finally. Uh-huh. Um, do, 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 do. Um, <laughs> we are looking at a big one today. Um, going forward, we'll be doing one episode per podcast, just because there is so much shit to deal with, as they say. Um, I won't... Um, stand on pleasantries too much because i know we've got a lot to talk about but just know the format will be changing in that respect uh i hope you do enjoy us delving much further into the mythology now uh and before we get into the episode i will hand over as always to scott for yep. any trivia or the likes yeah we've got we've got quite a i think in all aspects i think we've got quite a bit to talk about um so this one aired on 21st September 2005. Uh, happy birthday, Shannon. This is Maggie Grace's 22nd birthday on this date. So, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. So um, think thinking back, she was only like 20 when she started, or 19 when she started filming for Lost. So she's only a, a, little, a little chick at the time. Um, <laughs> this was directed by Jack Bender. Uh, as we know, he's one of the prolific directors on the show, written by Lindelof. Uh, and this is probably the most significant episode of the show in terms of viewership because it got a 23.5 million audience uh, and it was a serious high at the time and it's also the most watched episode of the show entirely. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, this one was this, the top one overall. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I guess wow. that makes sense when you think about like the the cliffhanger. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, twenty three million. That's that's it's big insane. That, isn't it? When when you as we said, <laughs> I think we've said before, but there's just so many shows now that just don't get that kind of viewership. It's mad. Yeah, it's mad. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, going from the 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 cliffhanger, you know, it was yeah. Probably the, I don't know. Probably the most talked about cliffhanger for quite some time. Oh um, God, Because yes. I, I can't recall many other um, cliffhangers throughout the season, which kind of got me as much as the first one. Like really got you kind yeah. of excited. Well, I think it's the mo- most traditional one because at this point we've not really gone full craziness, have we? We've not really delved into anything. Um, so in that respect, I think it was easy for people to latch on to, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, uh, welcome welcome guys to another game of uh, How Old Is That Rapper? <laughs> so, um, go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the topic today is one William, uh, sorry, Willard Carroll Smith Jr., uh, so contestants, you know, we've got, uh, we've got Tom here from 
for Steel City hey. of Sheffield. <laughs> and we've got Jonathan here from lovely, beautiful County Down. Oh, um, nice. So, contestants, I need your guesses for the age of Will Smith. Oh, wow. Well, he's in his 50s. He's de- yeah, he is, he's definitely in his 50s. Just for context, he wasn't born on the 21st September. He was born on the 25th. This is the closest one. <laughs> and I thought I, I had to include him. I had to do it because he's obviously one of the biggest sort of stars. Mm. So. Um, 53. Okay. I, I was going to say 54. Oh. I'm Tom, gonna... you've done it again. Oh. Okay, he's not 53, but you've won. He's uh, 51. He turns 52 next month. He's got well, he's got them uh, good genes. Yeah, September. He's got good genes, that <laughs> kid. Yes. Fifty-one. I thought he was older. I definitely did. So. I thought he would have been a bit older, actually. Yeah. I mean. It... I honestly thought fifty-four would be more kind of. Yeah. Accurate, but. Yeah. <laughs> no, he looks good for his age. <laughs> it's not doing wonders for his marriage, though. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's weird. I don't even know why they've done that thing. It was just odd. It was just very odd, odd wasn't behavior. it? It was very odd. Yeah. But that's your lot. Thanks for playing. <laughs> well, thank you. As always, I'll take that point. And I'm sure as we go further forward, I will lose eventually. But thank you. <laughs> so, moving on to John with some guest stars. And I believe we may have a few. Uh, yeah, there's a couple here. Um, a few of them we've mentioned before. Um, you know, they're they're returning characters. Um, this episode we have both Christian Shepherd and uh, the chronologically um, the first time Jack and his his future wife meet um, under less than ideal circumstances. Um, but the new characters, um, one of them appears in this episode and the the next couple. Um, and I'd actually forgotten he doesn't appear again for the rest of the season, more or less, is uh, Henry Ian Cusick, who plays, uh, I would say, fan favourite Desmond, uh, makes his first appearance in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, he's an actor that uh, I, I didn't know uh, I didn't know of before Lost, and since Lost, he's one of those guys that, again, pops up in every show that you've, that you've seen. Quite a few <laughs> of them in and around Hawaii, because a lot of the Lost cast seem to have really just moved to Hawaii after the show. Yeah. Um Yeah, he lives there now, doesn't he? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Um uh, but he's been in it like he's been in loads of those like CW dramas. because uh, he's been in <laughs> he's been in the one hundred. I think he was yeah. a, a main cast member in that. I haven't watched it, I just I just know that he's in it. Um he's also been in a couple of episodes. That. Oh yeah? Is that any good? At first I thought now nah, this is this is utter bollocks and then <laughs> <laughs> the, my, my friends who stuck it out and by all accounts the critical reception for it it's actually turned in its favour and it seems like it's uh, turned into something rather interesting so I might at some oh, point really? in the future pick it up again yeah from my memory okay. he was like the leader of a corporation of some sorts that wasn't very nice so he might be a bit of a baddie <laughs> he might have been a bit of a oh, baddie okay. from memory rather than a good guy okay. I'm not sure. It, it, again, it's one of those ones that I always see advertised, but it's like I'm, it's it's six seasons in. And it's like I'm never going to watch this. Exactly. Uh, yeah. He's he says on a podcast where he's watching six seasons of Lost again, but you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was he was in Lost. Obviously, he's Desmond. He was in a couple episodes of Fringe, which is another J.J. Abrams connection. Uh, all, he was all, in, all hail Fringe. All hail Fringe. Oh, I love Fringe. It's great. Uh, he was in Scandal, apparently. 
um, oh, quite okay. a, from for three or four years. Again, not watched it. Um, he was <laughs> in uh, a show called The Passage, which uh, I think was quite good. It was like a, a, a vampire thing, and he is also in MacGyver, which again I think it films in Hawaii. I'm not 100 percent certain. I'm- um, am, I right yes, in it's, say, it's, am I right in saying that the passage has got Mark Paul Guslier in it, aka Zach yes, Morris? Yes, yes, <laughs> Zach Morris, that's the one. Yes. Um, again, I haven't seen the show, um, but I've, I've read the book it's based on, uh, which is very, very good. Um, but yeah, like one of those ones that's that's uh, predominantly a, a TV actor, um, and you know, seems to be quite uh, a regular. Um, a regular regular i guess you know he's he's always part of the main cast and everything he is he is in now since lost um but yeah i, I, I love a bit of desmond um, oh he's brilliant <laughs> he's he's up there with so, John Locke. So, he's the best yeah absolutely um and the only other um uh guest star in this episode uh, isn't it very much he plays the fiance of sarah um is an actor called anson mount who currently plays Captain Pike on Star Trek I was Discovery? About, I was about to say it's Captain Pike. Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't watch yeah. that show. I just, I just recognise his face. But um, yeah, Let, put it I, this I think way. That's the only... Put it this way, John. He's the only good thing about it. Yeah, true. I oh, was really? about to say okay. that. Yeah, he's literally the only good redeeming part of that show. Otherwise, <laughs> it's absolute. It's bobbins. It's, it's a horrible it, show. It, I was going to say I'm not. I'm not picking up again from season three. He, his, his. His contract was a one-season thing, and now, thankfully, he's getting his own show. Um, oh, okay. As Captain yeah, Pike. Yeah, with, Re- with Rebecca Romaine as well. Uh, yeah, I think she's, she's going to be... Number number one, isn't she? I think she's called number two, oh, actually. Oh, number two, sorry, sorry. My bad. Which kind of makes sense, because she's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those shows that for the sake of destroying continuity it's just destroyed continuity for no reason it didn't need to um and it makes absolutely fuck all sense so but that's that's that show <laughs> but anson mount also was in an amc drama called hell on wheels if you like your westerns at all um, oh yeah i remember that show and yeah, yeah. it started off really slow but then it developed into something really quite good and it was at the time when like red dead redemption came out so i was big on my westerns so I had that. Mm-hmm. I was watching that alongside playing Red Dead, and it was really awesome. Really good show. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, again, it's that's another one I've I've heard of, but never never got round to. Um, I thought it was originally when I saw Hell on Wheels. I thought it was maybe like a Sons of Anarchy spinoff, but obviously not. Uh, and I, he was also in the the Britney Spears classic film Crossroads. Apparently, I'm just looking at his IMDb now. <laughs> a film I have seen, but have blocked out all memory of. He We've was got... also in that really terrible uh, Inhumans show on ABC. Do you know, uh, I never watched the... it. And I'm glad it's I didn't. shit. <laughs> so bad. Just terrible. He plays like a mute character called Black Bolt. He's quite a Black famous Bolt, kind yeah. of character. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a mute. And if he talks, then he destroys his surroundings because his voice is like... Kind of like Banshee from X-Men, except Banshee yeah. can speak. But this guy, he can't speak. He just kills everyone with his voice oh. <laughs> I, f- I find it amusing as well no offence to Anson Mount I think he's, he's a very uh, good looking chap and he's a very good actor but I think the Inhumans TV series was repurposed as such because the film fell through and I, but yes from, that's right but from memory originally Black Bolt was going to be Vin Diesel I think yeah no you're right it was um, oh. I think he was kind of uh, 
yeah, he was like scouted out and and like cast and yeah. like years before the TV show kind of came to play. But yeah, he was like it was all going to be built around him. Kind of like and this is before Guardians, exactly. And it's kind of like Dwayne Johnson <laughs> being uh, Black Adam and for ages and thinking, ah, it's never going to happen. And now it seems it actually yeah. is happening. So anyway, <laughs> sidetrack. But yes, there's a lot of cool guest stars. So if that's everything we can uh, we can make a move and get into the nitty gritty mm-hmm. yep so I, th- I think I'll just start this off this is obviously the first time that we get to do this whereby we can, we've done our season one recap but we can actually now start forming um, or bringing in the cliffhangers of each ep- of the season finales into what we're discussing now so I guess obviously we left off season one with that now incredibly famous shot of uh, Jack and Locke looking down the, ha- the now blown open hatch into mm-hmm. a vast abyss of absolute mm-hmm. nothingness you get a bit of a, a look at a ladder but then you see it's broken so who- whoever or whatever is in said hatch cannot get out or at least you assume mm-hmm. they can't get out at that point um, this is predominantly a Jack episode, if I'm right. It's a Jack-centric episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which obviously, you know, s- sings sings to me, as we all know. I might as well just confess mm-hmm. my eternal undying love for Matthew Fox at this point. <laughs> um, but I think it's quite interesting, just before we get into some of the um, actual plot points, that, you know, the producer, they have two ways to go about it, really. Because if you think about it, in, the, in Exodus... You know, we had two separate storylines, and and they chose to pick up the hatch storyline and leave uh, the raft events until we, what will be next week's episode adrift. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a fairly common thing within shows nowadays. You know, they they leave two or three things hanging in a finale, and they can only pick up so much. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's a wise choice to pick up the hatch. If I'm honest, um, I don't oh, know yeah. how I don't know how I'd have felt if a drift was the first one. I'd probably feel a bit shortchanged if I'm honest. Because <laughs> whilst I do care about those characters, I'm much more invested and interested in what the fuck is down the hatch. <laughs> yeah, it would be like um, this is this is a perhaps a dated reference, but you remember the first season of South Park ended with a cliffhanger, and yes. then the second season came back and it was like a, a Terrence and Philip episode <laughs> instead of the resolution to the cliffhanger. And they did, <laughs> did they do that on purpose? <laughs> oh yeah, no, they absolutely did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think the episode starts with, and now we're going to tell you the answer to, and then the text. Oh, wasn't Philip it Cartman's starts. dad? Who's Car- who's Cartman's dad or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's not dated. It's a perfect it's a perfect analogy, really. So, I'm I'm just I just think the writers wisely. It, it's not really important as such, but it's, I just think the writers and producers wisely chose to obviously continue mm-hmm. this storyline. Um, the events more or less in fact no the events pick up exactly um, from that moment or a couple of minutes before depending on who you yes. are yeah. so we'll, we'll, we will jump into what I will not necessarily consider a flashback I'll consider it an introduction mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah. I think we have to start um, with the, uh, the the cold open because it's yes. it's an all timer um, <laughs> definitely yes it's an all timer it's an all timer and it's my favourite cold open probably generally um i think it's it's so effective so we'll start with just basically a man <laughs> wakes up in his bunk bed from his bunk bed 
Um, and he presses a few keys on a very dated, even for the time the show mm -hmm. was produced, uh, a very dated, I want to say late 70s kind of era computer. Yeah. It's yeah. very seven, 70s, 80s computer. Um, and he basically goes about his day. He gets dressed. Um, he begins his day by, um, you know, washing washing the pots. He does a bit of a workout, shower, all the usual things we're used to. He has a smoothie. And <laughs> he has a smoothie, yes, of course. He has a smoothie. Um, and as we're getting the sense of his surroundings, it's it's all kind of dated, but, you know, it's it's not the island, you know. It's very mm -hmm. homely in a way. You get the Lived sense of... This. Well, you think that... Yeah, lived inness. You get an idea of potential natural light. You don't know otherwise at this point. And he puts on some music, um, which is fun. It's make your own kind of music by uh, mm. Mama Cass, yes. uh, which is a, phen a phenomenal song <laughs> in its own right. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but absolutely synonymous with with this opening oh, now yeah. for oh, me every yeah. time i hear that song it's it i immediately yeah, think of this um it fits um it does fit in with with the situation as well it's very um it's very like topical for the for what's going on as well so it kind of it marries up so yes. well and like you say i anytime i hear it i just see desmond on his on his little exercise bike <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. sorry a man i think it's important to say <laughs> Yeah, a man, a man at this point. I think it's also important to say that he injects himself with something you can assume like maybe some. I don't. I, you're not meant to oh, know at this point, but it's yeah. important just to to know that he does inject yeah. himself with something and it comes. It comes. Yeah, I assume that's the uh, the answer to yeah. that is in the the Desmond episode closer to the end of the season. I would imagine. Yeah, I believe so because that's when you get a bit more of a breakdown yeah. of. What yeah. the hat mm -hmm. really is, to be honest, as we get it's, it's, delved into it, or what the yeah, yeah. like it's is. just a, it's a very good, um, like I say, an all timer cold open. But because I think I mentioned it last week uh, in like the the recap, I had almost forgotten that uh, it, it does such a good job of wrong footing you. Because even though I didn't know what was in the hatch, you know, when you see this, you're like, oh, this is this must be obviously in the say the seventies or eighties, so it's obviously not what was in the hatch and then it just slowly makes its way around to when you when you hear the explosion and even when i heard the explosion i was like oh i wonder what's happening i didn't put two and two together and think oh hang on, that's <laughs> that's lock and, and jack up the top like it does a really good job of, of wrong footing you to to make you think maybe this is a flashback of some sort yeah 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 that's it and I, I think i think that's the beauty of uh how the first season almost trained you mm. as an audience you know, you you got very comfortable very quick about this is a flashback. The you know the whooshing sound bridge is is your bridge between present day events mm -hmm. and your flashbacks. You got very comfortable in that uh, format, and even though uh, that format remains the same up until obviously mm -hmm. uh, season four, they're already trying to find ways to kind of <laughs> debunk it or at least throw you off, yeah. like you've just said. Um, so I was exactly the same as you. There's no, there's, I just kind of turned it on, started watching it. I was like, oh, interesting <laughs> flashback this. But then we can safely say that that is put to rest very quickly because all of a sudden everything shakes. There's an explosion. And I think part, you immediate, well, 
I, I, you think you don't know what's going on, but I think subconsciously or even consciously, you think, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute, hang on a sec, yeah. hang on a Smart, moment. Smarter people than me probably so, worked it out at that point. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't think initially I did, but you know, looking back on it, you just think, oh, it's so, it's so well written. It 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 really hurts <laughs> how well written it is. Um, it spurs the man <laughs> to arm himself, uh, and again. It's, it's this very uh, concise set of images, really. You know, this guy's got mm. an armory. Before, we, we were looking at an exercise bike in a kitchen, and it's quite quaint little living quarters that he's in, and now he's, he's opening mm. the armory. Yeah, what the yeah. hell? <laughs> <laughs> and, th- and then he gets that, he gets that funky-looking like telescope and mirror system mm. on the go. Very clever, and yeah. you think, oh, wait. It's very clever, but you think, hang on a sec, where, where are we and what, what is happening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, mood, the mood shifts mm. completely. Mm-hmm from very quaint lovely music lovely kind of introduction to full-on thriller yeah almost there's a very um quick and, transition of music it, as well so it goes from mama cast and then when the explosion happens it cuts to like the giancino score and it like you say it's like a thriller almost and it goes to like it goes to action yeah exactly and uh he moves around some of the mirrors a little bit and it and then it goes the camera follows through all the mirrors I think it's a lovely tracking shot, even though I'd imagine a lot of it hmm. is CG just because of, you know, it's in the dark. They can get away with it to hmm. fool you. But it's such a clever little tracking shot. And then you look straight up and you see the faces of Jack. Yeah. And oh, it's really good. Like just a, just a nice um, inversion of the, of the ending of, of Exodus, you know, before yeah. that, I'm fairly certain like the, the camera just went, went down the, uh, like down the shaft of the hatch, and now obviously we're, we're going the opposite way. It's just, just nice little, well, not technically yeah. bookends, but um, you know, just uh, the the synergy. I don't even know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that's it. No, that's spot on. <laughs> no, I, I no, I, I think I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. And then smash cut into Lost. Excellent <laughs> title card. Oh, as always, as always. So I mean, what do what in terms of. Uh, Effectiveness, I think it, it blows everything out of the water. Really, what you what mm. you thought you know, because because now so cleverly without any words, let's face it, mm. any dialogue, you know this mystery. Um, even though you don't know what the hatch's purpose is at this point, you know part of you did spend, and we discussed it when we were covering season one. What, what is mm-hmm. down the hatch? And basically, in the first five or six minutes, I want to say, you know, they just kind of say, "Oh, so there is. A, it's just <laughs> a dude, but there's clearly more to it than this." And you, it's so clever how they just—it's not even a proper explanation. Yeah. But you yeah. know Now that little mis- <laughs> that little mystery yeah, is solved. Like they show you everything, but they also show you nothing, uh, and and you're you're just yes, again, you're exactly. just instantly hooked. Um, I might even go as far to say, well, we have said it's it's our favorite one from the series, but I mean, it's it's better. Well, it's certainly um, given what we know now. Maybe it is it is better than the the opening to the pilot. Uh, like the opening to the pilot is very very exciting, but this is very very uh, intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, they're that. kind of uh, they're they're going they're doubling down on the uh, mythology, the mystery, yeah. the intrigue. Um, yeah, like like what you said about uh, showing you everything but nothing at the same time. Like that was quite. That's probably why it's one of my favorite. Well, probably my favorite opening across the whole show because mm. 
you just get these little cuts, these images of like the, the terminals. You see him on the bike. You see this, you know, his his living quarters, and everything is so mismatched. Like you see this exercise bike from like the the sixties. Then you see like a blender, which is obviously from like you know more modern. You see the 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 um, it's not like a hypodermic, is it? It's like a it's an injector kind of thing, and that's like from the eighties, seventies, maybe older than that. Mm. So all these kind of things all muddled together, but it it's. Yeah, it's giving you like hints and clues and dropping things in your path, but it's not directing you anywhere. It's quite, quite unique. And I think also cleverly, a lot of those things that it shows you um, are very important exactly. going forward. You just don't know yeah, it at this exactly point. That. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> very so good. good. I'm going to listen to my mind. <laughs> so, with, with that what I've classed as introduction um, I don't know flashbacks should we go flashbacks or on island events I don't know because we've kind of teed it up to I don't want to like get confused with mishmashing we'll go to flashbacks yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll do a bit of flashbacks so we know we, we know where it's ended and it's ended exactly or the, the introduction's ended where the finale ended basically as John said there's that synergy we've linked up now but there is something else happening in the background so in terms of the flashbacks, like I said at the start, this is a Jack-centric episode. Um, I think Jack, from memory, is often used as the f- opening character, I want to say, for every mm. season. I, I Don't hold <laughs> me to that. But I feel like because of his, his role as arguably the main protagonist of mm. the show, he often starts the season. Um, so And this is no exception. And I, again, these flashbacks are so strong and so burned in my memory because I must have watched this episode so many times over the years. It's, so, it's just just brilliant. So as John, you, you've said, uh, Sarah is back and he encounters his, you know, Jack encounters her uh, chronologically the first mm-hmm. time. Um, arriving in, an emergency, in the emergency room after that car accident. Um, and he say, and we know he saves a life, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, he go, but he explains to her that, you know, she's she's got, is it spinal cord injury? She can't, she won't be able to walk again. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the the gist. Um, it's, uh, the whole the whole episode is about Jack's bedside manner, I guess. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, yeah, he's very well. Yeah, yeah, he's very um, to the point and not very. Uh, emotional or not very reassuring at least um, but then you know, that, that goes on to change the, the one thing I noticed on this um, is good. on this watch is that the passenger in the other car you guys probably know this um, mm-hmm. is is someone else related to somebody else on the show yeah um, yeah which I didn't yeah. I'm fairly certain I didn't pick up on the first time me neither. No. I mean, it is just a, a throwaway line, but um, I, it, I, I caught it this time because I know everybody's surname now, <laughs> which I didn't know on my, on my first yeah. watch there. Um, I just thought that was quite interesting. Um, but yes, uh, the, the line is that she wants to dance at her wedding, uh, which is... Yeah, I mean, do, we, we do get a bit of I'm going to fix you mm-hmm. in this, don't we? We do, yeah. 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 Yeah, so that that famous "I'm gonna fix you" line from Jack, as always, he needs to be—he is the fixer-upper. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to sort everybody out. Do, um, what do we? Th- um, he needs to help. What do we think out. about uh, Jack's fucking wig? In this <laughs> oh episode? yes, 
Um, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> That's just ripped off a cat's ass. Stuck on his, <laughs> stuck on his head. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's it's not. It's it's not good, and I think we've said this before, haven't we? Like, God bless the hair and makeup <laughs> department on this show, because a lot of the times they get it right, but when they get it wrong, they it's get it so wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what did um, we think of um, the, the one point of of that the first flashback sequence that kind of like, struck me? I didn't ask before. Is Jack made a conscious decision to stay with Sarah to help mm. her, and not the yes. Well, we know who it is, but I mean, maybe we should not. S- I mean. We we know who it is and they do name him, but um, it doesn't matter. But anyway, he opts to stay with her. Do you think he done that because um, he felt more sympathy, more empathy towards her? I don't know because who caused the accident? Was uh, it Sarah or was it I think the it other was, driver? No, I think it was her. Her, I think it was her yeah. as well. Yeah, trying to grab her phone, stupid bitch. <laughs> um, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean, I don't no... think they mention like there's no. Unless I'm, I'm misremembering, I don't think there's any sort of uh, on screen. Um, I can't even think of the word I'm searching for, but like, it, the, there's no moment where Jack. The, there's a there's no reason for Jack choosing her over over him. I, I think. Um, no, the, the other doctors no. just say, "Oh, we need you, Doctor Shepard," and then yeah. he start working on Sarah, and he just ignores them. Well, he looks up, and then he's like, "No, I'm I'm staying with her." Yeah. He just yeah. yeah, he doesn't actually say anything. Mm. But I think. It's almost an interesting uh, comparison to the pilot in that he, you know, he springs into action. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's called into action, but he's got to make a quick decision. Mm-hmm. I think we know, dependent on his mood, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Jack's either really good or really bad uh-huh. at that. Um, I just think in this situation, I, I don't really know. I, I think I'm probably with John. There's nothing, there's nothing there to suggest that. He chose it for any reason as such. It was just he kind of probably went with his gut. Mm. Um, I think that's the I think that's the easiest explanation. I think, I think yeah, just had to go with his gut yeah. at the time. Because whilst we won't mention who other said person is, they die fairly quick. If I'm yeah, right in yeah. thinking they it's yeah they tap out fairly yeah, quick. It's yeah pretty soon after she wakes up the yeah before she yeah. goes for operation and yeah it's so not the first time she wakes up he. She asked him about you know what happened, and he said, "Oh, he died in in ER." Um, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, brown bread. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's also part. I mean, you can look at this in the context of the whole show, and without jumping forward too much, all the the, the idea of fate and destiny, uh, I think, does probably play a background role mm-hmm. in that. In, um, yeah, massively in this. There's even just on an. Yeah. yeah, it not not just like undertones of it, but like verbally, especially on the island stuff, you know, with John. Um, yeah, destiny is a big theme of of this episode. Very well done Absolutely. as well. Yeah, so I mean, it, the flashbacks continue in in sort of a similar manner, but I thought it was quite funny that Christian kind of chastised him. It was interesting to see Christian have a go at Jack mm. for once. About as you've already said, Johnny's bedside mm-hmm. manner. Um, I, d- I don't know why. I just kind of had a quick giggle to myself because it was like, oh, the tables have turned. This is obviously Jack in a much, you know, younger version of himself. Well, he's, he's got hair. He's still learning the ropes. <laughs> he's got hair. Yeah, he's got, he's got, he's got the hair, of course. 
but there's there's just a lot to learn about him and maybe it's uh this is a christian who is a bit more about mm-hmm. himself um who, who who can kind of chastise him and try and teach him <laughs> better ways I, I don't know it just made me it just made me think about where where he's where christian ended up and and how everyone felt about mm-hmm. him I don't know. No, just one of them things, really. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd but, agree. But he, Jack, Jack goes on to operate on Sarah. Um, I, I thought it was and, sorry, sorry. Just, uh, I thought it was quite funny that um, Jack goes from having terrible bedside manner to going to <laughs> immediately like I'm going to fix you. Uh, it's like, <laughs> like I'm going yeah, to. Yeah. You'll be better than you ever were, sort of thing. <laughs> it's like from one extreme to the other. I just thought it was quite funny, um, and even like the six million dollar <laughs> yeah, woman, basically. <laughs> uh, but even the the other uh, the other uh, people in the room in the in the surgery with, are like, whoa, <laughs> Jack, calm yourself down a bit here. We you know we might not be able to do this. Um, like the other nurses and doctors just give him a look. It's like, uh, okay, that's. I mean, you're giving her a bit of false hope here, but yeah, <laughs> it's all for your character development, I guess. It's yeah. It's weird how kind of Christian is like the um, he effectively instills that in Jack just from that conversation he has. Mm. It's quite it's it, in, and obviously going forward from previous flashbacks, we know that they their relationship breaks down completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so this may be one of the only good things he it, based on the flashbacks we've seen. It's one of the only good things he's really done for Jack is give him uh, just help him to be a bit more. Uh, what's the word? I don't know. Kinda. I mean, I'll put put yourself in that position. I mean, me personally, I would want to be given false hope. I, I want someone to tell me straight. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just a delicate situation, I guess. But I guess he could have been a, a less colder. He was very, very cold when he was detailing all of the injuries that Sarah received, like to her face as well. Yeah. And it was it was yeah. almost like he was like at a meeting, like a board meeting, going through like a patient sort of like x-rays and he just tells her everything <laughs> it's like this is horrible but <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> you are broken yeah. <laughs> it is yeah it's like pretty much straight to the point you know you're not going to walk again basically you're not mm-hmm. going to dance at your wedding that's it yeah um, I don't know I just I just thought it was quite interesting that just from that one conversation Christian had with Jack he kind of has that sense of okay yeah, maybe I should be less cold and I don't know mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. Maybe if there's more flashbacks, maybe we'll see that kind of happening a bit more. I guess we do to a degree. Possibly. I don't know if Tom remembers well. <laughs> uh, I'd have to have a think about that. <laughs> uh, it's not something that r- rolls off my brain very quick. <laughs> no. I'd have to have a think. But I know what you're saying. It's just. It's just. Again, we've got the we've got the whole. Uh, the daddy issue dynamic but it's a bit different this time mm. um and you know again it, this episode as well as introducing uh well uh, obviously introducing a new storyline for the show introducing a couple of new characters uh but it's subverting what you already know about mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and i think it's very brave of a show so early well you wouldn't have known it was so early in its run i guess at the time but even still for a season two opener to just kind of not do away, but almost, you know, flip everything on its head the way this one does. 
it's it's ballsy to be honest with you. It's really brave mm -hmm. from a writing perspective. Yeah. But you know, Jack operates on Sarah. He saves her, as he says. You know, he's fixed her, or he does fix her, as we know. And then he decides to go for a little run because <laughs> <laughs> he's running a. Is it a Tour de Star? Star? Yes, yes, that's what they call it. Yeah. yeah. Tour de Star, right? Perfect. I got it right. <laughs> Yay. Um, uh, around a stadium. And again, this 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 whole you know uh, sequence is just burned into my memory because it's so good. Um, he's running, he falls, and he runs into another um, runner uh, who says, "You know, are you all right, brother?" <laughs> um, as he so beautifully does, <laughs> uh, and he's called Desmond. He tells him he's training to do a race around the world. Yeah. I lo actually, I love the um, the start of the scene where uh, they're both running against each other, mm -hmm. and it kind of reminded me of like a it's like a proto like on your left from Captain America, <laughs> where like oh, yeah. Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers are running against each other. It reminded me of that just watching it back. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jack does his ankle in, and uh, Desmond says he at one point was going to be a doctor, so he has like medical training, and um, yeah, they talk about his race, and yeah, and then Jack mentions about the Sarah situation mm -hmm. yeah, he, he just does. sort of he does. just sort of unloads all his his uh, inner feelings at this moment really um, to, to a complete stranger which I guess you know yeah. maybe in that instance is, is possibly the easiest thing to do <laughs> um, no it's 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 a it's a it's a good say to me because otherwise you wouldn't have um, but you wouldn't get get the insight you wouldn't get Jack's state of mind as well. I don't think um, if it was just you know like looks the camera or not looks the camera. That's not what I mean. But like like <laughs> close ups, you know. Um, it might be a case of, of telling rather than showing. But it's it, it's such a good scene between these these two actors that I don't really mind. Um, and it also feeds into the whole um, the the miracle aspect and I guess the the coincidence. Um, aspect mm -hmm. of the whole thing because again I'm jumping forward but you know you have the end of the episode there's a lot of coincidences uh, in this episode um, you know that islanders have, have met or at least you know six degrees of separation between them um, but it's just it's just a nice a nice scene to introduce Desmond before we actually see him yeah definitely yeah Oh, actually, I just remembered there was a there was a sequence just before this. So before the operation, um, it's right before the operation. So Anson Mount is in the office with Jack, and Jack tells him the situation of Sarah's condition and her injuries, oh, yes, and, yes. and he says, "Oh, so she's not going to be able to walk or do anything. So I'll take to the toilet." And uh, I think Jack. There's no like a verbal reaction from Jack, and it cuts to the operating theatre, and Jack just bursts through the fucking doors, and it's like, let's fucking do this, <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then that's when all the doctors are around him, and he says to Sarah, "Yeah, I'm gonna fix you," and um, <laughs> it's just kind of like, I got this, guys. <laughs> yeah, Anson Mount just like pissed him off to the to the like he's had his dad say to him, "You need to be a bit more kinder to your patients and give him some hope." And then you got Anson Mount saying, "I'm taking her to the shitter." Um, so he's like, "Fuck that! I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it now. Let's just get get it done." <laughs> it's brilliant. The cut is just amazing. Just <laughs> one thing I will say though, 
What do we think about Jack's headband? Oh, Prison Jack. <laughs> prison Prison Jack. I, I oh. wondered what you meant whenever you, you like, <laughs> that was uh, in the DMs the other day. I was like, Prison Jack? What are you talking about? No, I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yo, Prison Michael. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking yeah. at a picture of it now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, one thing I will say, and I don't mean this in like a racist thing at all, but white men should not wear bandanas like that it's it's exclusive to people of color i honestly believe that i think that's the only day only they can rock it like white people cannot do it yeah. it just looks re- they look like pirates basically <laughs> you need to ring axel rose then oh fuck me oh actually no he did look cool back in the 90s with that bandana <laughs> oh man he did rock it yeah I yeah maybe because he's a rock star and it's not part of his general ensemble it's only like when he's on stage i mean maybe it is like in his kind of general wardrobe now because he's an old man um <laughs> but watching like a 30 33 34 year old man wearing one walking up a stadium <laughs> talking to a scottish man this is mm, doesn't work <laughs> yeah it, speaking as a, I mean, a 35 year old man i don't think i can get away with it <laughs> i definitely can't get away with it and i tr- probably would try to get away with it. i tried to get away with everything <laughs> Uh, we, we won't go back to the bone like, situation it... because you know <laughs> fat fashion is a big talking point no. for this show. <laughs> it is, but as you've already said, as we've already pointed out, coincidences. You know, there's a lot about this scene that, we, well, we've already discussed it, but you know, a Scot, a Scottish man in America, it's not unfamiliar, but you know, he's going to do a race around the world, and if he, ha- it's it's all retrospect and hindsight. When you watch it back, you're like a race around the world. Hmm. Okay. And he's, he's running, isn't he? So this, yeah, it's a bit of a and red herring, running. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. He's yeah, doing it absolutely. for, um, he's doing it for condition, isn't he? He's doing it for his own, um, his own like health and mental well-being, I guess. Not for his like mm-hmm. physical condition, maybe. I guess you got to be fit to do what Desmond does, I guess, to to an extent. Uh, you do, and I think going further forward, he does it more to prove. Something, but we'll not go. We'll not go into that. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> not just yet. Oh no! No, because that makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So Jack gets the few words of wisdom from Brother Desmond. Um, <laughs> That's another hint to, is, a, to a flashback, is, isn't it, <laughs> Brother Desmond? <laughs> it is Brother Desmond, but it, he's really he's just such a calm influence on this show. Any really. He's just—he's just great. Yeah, I—I <laughs> I, I just can't explain it any more than that. He's just every time he turns up, <laughs> I, I just love him. Yeah, and I think he's—he's he's, obviously we—we we won't go into his appearances this season straight away. But when he no. is appearing, it's very, very, very important. It's like he's used in the most effective mm-hmm. way. Um, and when he does come back eventually after this episode, it's like. Fuck, it's incredible. So yeah, and that's like right at the end as well, I believe. So it is pretty much is. the last sort of batch of episodes he comes mm-hmm. back. Um, so. He's used wisely. Yes, wisely and effectively. Um, I mean, did he get this? Did he get? He was a series regular for free, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I think he was a regular right up until the end. Like, like as you say, from season three onwards, right up to the end, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, he was. Good. Because I mean, 
I can't actually remember his overall fate, but he was definitely like all the way to the end. I mean, he was pretty pivotal, even in the finale from memory. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, everyone pretty much is, aren't they? Everyone kind <laughs> of um, yeah. has their own part in the finale, a big moment. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it's the, the Penny reunion obviously is like the, his last big storyline moment, but on camera. Um, mm. But yeah, I think yeah, I'm pretty sure John's right. I think throughout the, the the duration of the seasons after season three, he's or during and after season three, he's a pretty much a regular guy um, yeah. on the show. But this this season, it's like it's so well done, so brilliant. It is, and just to add to the kind of coincidences, perhaps, or just the feeling of um, miracles. When he returns, Jack returns to Sarah's room following, you know, his his conversation with Desmond. She's experienced a miraculous recovery. Mm. He has fixed her. Yes, he goes through the. Um, he talks about the injuries again, um, and how <laughs> again, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, crushed vertebra. Uh, you're fucked. Confined to a wheelchair, rest of your life, and she says, "Oh, you're, did she say, oh, you're yanking my chain or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you're mm-hmm. joking me." And then she starts wiggling her little her little tootsies. <laughs> yes, and then there's a lovely little crying moment, and Jack's just like, part. I always imagine that Jack was part like, "Fuck yes, <laughs> <laughs> I did it." <laughs> it's weird. It's like there's a, there's a sense of relief to it, but I don't know if you guys picked up, but it's almost like the like a feeling of reverence, like mm. he, like he's experienced a miracle and he's kind of acknowledged it. Very like telling, I think, just on Matthew Fox's acting. Mm-hmm. He's very good in this. Um, and maybe, maybe like he didn't even know he admitted it in a way. And again, that obviously definitely leads into Man of Science, Man of Faith. It blends in with the on, it. yeah, blends in with the on iron, yeah. on iron and stuff with Locke and yeah, so the Destiny thing and the Jack rejecting the notion of miracles from uh, obviously his dad and of course from Desmond as well. Um, yeah, I just uh, yeah, he's ma- yeah, he's managed to perform one. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's a thing of disbelief, and yeah, he, yeah, it's it's great. I don't know, I don't know why he's so good, but he just is. All, all these Jack centric storylines, he's just fucking amazing. <laughs> he is, he really is. Um, and that that wraps up your flashbacks, really. So it's quite extensive. Uh, well, it, it's small but quite extensive with what we've got. So we've obviously got. The introduction of Desmond, but we don't know it to be Desmond at this time. We just know it's gonna. It's a. It's a, another character that someone speaks to, but very often in Lost, they don't introduce anyone without having a reason to do so. Mm. Um, so you can expect him to return in some form, and you know he served his purpose to kind of make Jack feel uh, better, really. I think that's pretty much what it is, yeah. Mm. Helps him out, yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, gives him he gives him the hope, I guess, to I don't know to see things that are like more of a glass half full kind of guy instead of uh, a pessimist, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's. <sighs> I've, I've lost my train of thought again, but it's just the the perfect introduction. For for Desmond again to contrast with the the subsequent episodes where where he where he appears you know he's he's obviously um, 
you do, they don't quite recognize each other for for the next couple of episodes or Desmond doesn't quite recognize Jack um, yeah he doesn't yeah that's but, a good yeah, point actually as I say I, I, I'm just repeating myself again here but yeah, as I say it is a nice a nice way to introduce him and give him a little bit of backstory with Jack um, before the characters catch up to what we already know but uh, yeah absolutely so I mean that brings out you know the on island events now mm-hmm. yes so we finally find out or finally get the characters down into the hatch well actually no not quite yet because <laughs> um, they have to argue about it as they always do <laughs> absolutely yeah so um I'm very very sorry guys i've just got a the door's just not knocked two seconds talk amongst yourselves oh, yeah. talking. okay okay <laughs> that's cool um so i think at that point so we got to the top of the hatch and jack and oh, Hur- hurley actually is reciting the numbers i don't know if you picked up he's kind of mumbling to himself and he's doing like the crazy man thing yeah <laughs> um i think kate asked him like you know what's, what's the matter with you um and he kind of like uh, berates Locke and says, "Oh, you know, why did you, you know, why did you open the hatch?" And Locke says, "Well, you know, I, he did like a Billy Piper, you know, because he wanted to." And that's, <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah. But yeah, Locke kind of acknowledged that Hurley was telling him to not do it, and he just, "Ah, oh, I just thought, fuck, I'd do it anyway because I." <laughs> yeah, I spent all the last season trying to get it open, so I was going to. I was just, <laughs> you weren't going to stop me, Hurley, sorry. Um, I think this is this the point where. Um, they find that the door says quarantine on the back of it. No, I think that's quite later yet. on. Oh, is it? Okay. Not... okay. Um, yeah. But there is a point where, yeah, where, oh, actually, there's a point in the flashbacks where someone else sees it, uh, but someone on the island, like on the current timeline, like mm-hmm. the, 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 like the, you know, the, the regular timeline uh-huh. where someone does see it, but it is, yeah, it's a bit further down. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, but they they decide um, not to do anything until the sun comes up. You know, I think they go back and tell everybody. Um, you know that that's what they find, isn't that right? They yeah. So John and Locke have John and Locke. Sorry, Jack and Locke have <laughs> their have their own general to do as they always do because yeah. John wants to go down, but the ladder's broken. So Jack says, "Well, look, we're not going to get everyone in here because it's not it's not safe. So mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. go back and uh, take stock and decide what we're going to do." So John John Locke kind of um begrudgingly says okay you know we'll go back um and then that like they they start to tell everybody about it and in the middle of jack's speech <laughs> Locke just walks in with like some some cable and it's like i'm off here jack um <laughs> i don't care what you say but i'm off um and kate uh kate goes with him because you know she wants to to find out what's happening uh and this is when they lower her down into the hatch uh, oh god Locke is such a cunt isn't which he? It, oh, he really is because um, <laughs> I think he's like well you know you're you're lighter um, so it'll be easier um, <laughs> like it, it's quite it's quite tense because uh, they have the scene obviously it's it's pretty much pitch black uh, and Kate's getting lowered down and then uh, like it, it is quite scary that you, she sees that there's somebody at the bottom of it because like a, a sudden uh, like I think a torch light sort of slinks away at the bottom and then she starts yeah. freaking out uh, but but again Locke she tells Locke this but Locke just continues to <laughs> to lower her down, down. Uh, but then that's when the, the big massive light comes on uh, and he just 
drops her basically. Um, yeah, the um, well, the branches break from the trees, or like the tree. The oh tree yes, that's right. Break. That's right. That's right. But then, like when he's like secured her, and Kate's kind of like, oh. Let, let's go back up and he just goes no nope, just gonna go back down <laughs> yeah. keep going it's like and yep. Kate goes oh okay <laughs> it's like the, the canary in the coal mine kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> your expandable kit um, but yeah it, again it's it's returning to that, that that mystery and like the big light from from previously uh, that, that Locke yeah. saw whenever just after Boone died um, again we don't we don't find out what it is uh, and I can't remember if we ever do um, but again, it's it's nice that there's the there's the continuity between you know the the episodes, even though it was it was months prior. Oh, I'm back. Sorry. No, no, you're okay. <laughs> God, bloody Amazon man decided to deliver now. <laughs> yeah, um, it's sorry. just is that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> we were just talking about we got to where Kate's been lowered down to the hatch, basically. Okay. Um, okay. Yes, I mean, I so we, we can go back if you want. No, 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 no. It's fine. We can just cut this bit out of me being stupid. So, <laughs> so yeah, Kate has, has just um, pretty much been lowered down into the the hatch by Locke, and then somebody, yeah. well, Desmond, I assume, turns on the bright light and she's gone. Um, which uh, I was just saying, it's, it's it's quite nice continuity between you know what happened previously when Locke saw that light. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's it's. Uh, a notably different context this time you know last time it was sort of a a ray of hope and this time it's just like <laughs> boom yeah basically yeah it's got a bit of a horror vibe to it actually because she disappears doesn't she she yeah. screams and then there's nothing after that big light and then it goes i think it goes off and then Locke is like obviously shouting for kate yeah and that's but the last time you see her in this episode as far as i'm aware um because yeah, it is. yeah these yeah. these opening three episodes all have a well, it's not Rashomon because the same thing happens in all of them. But um, you know, everybody everybody jumps back and forward between what they're doing. Um, we we get the I same scene I... about five or six different times, <laughs> yeah. don't we? <laughs> I was going to say it's important to say that that you know they do they often do overlap a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so a lot's going on. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really fun. I really like. I remember that the the episodes doing that, um, but it's just really fun to watch. You know, just seeing the the same scene but from different angles, um, and just getting little bits of information. Like I think, um, whenever Jack gets down here, he sees like the the shoes that Locke has yeah. taken off, and you, obviously you don't find out. It's not a big thing, but it's just one of those you know connecting the dots. Um, oh, it's the it's the best kind of thing. It really is. Yeah. Um, it, it, but it yeah, appeals to me greatly. Yeah, I just I just love that kind of thing. You know, because it's the delayed gratification you know uh when are we going to get the fireworks factory type of thing um, <laughs> to, to bring it back to the simpsons um <laughs> did yeah. you think that um obviously i said earlier that john john's a cunt not sorry not you john <laughs> <laughs> so i am but that's okay cut over cut over uh so drama <laughs> That's it. This podcast's over. I'm away. See you later. <laughs> oh god, I can't believe that. Because I've got it. I've got the note written down here as Locke, so there's no reason for me to say John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even better. <laughs> oh dear. So, right, what was my point? Right, okay. So, did you think that John Locke, Locke was? <laughs> I said he was a bit of a cunt for sending Kate down on the rope. He's doing a bone again. Yes. Um, 
even though Kate volunteered to go and help him, do you think that he would have asked someone anyway because he didn't want to be put in that position again? Or like hmm. he, he didn't want to be the one that had to sacrifice himself? Potentially. I mean, am I right in saying he, he, you know, they wanted to wait to go down and he was like, no, sod that. I'm going down now. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like having a patsy, isn't it? He always needs one. Mm. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, before with Boone, he kind of needed him because, oh, my legs don't work. Like, all of a sudden. <laughs> um, so yeah, Boone yeah. is like skinny and light. He's like, you cop in that plane, it'd be fine. And then it's like with Kate, it's like, oh, you're skinny and like small and light. So you go down into the dangerous dark hole with like a rope tethered to you, and mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll just stand here. And... I'm amazed. I'm amazed that she agreed to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no one would. That's the thing. She but... didn't even. It was her decision, and they, there isn't a conversation between them where Kate says, "Oh, John, I'm coming with you." It just goes. It just cuts straight from her telling Jack that she's going mm. to her appearing at the at the patch with Locke. Um, yeah. It just seemed. I, I thought he would have like asked someone at the meeting, maybe, because um, Jack does that big speech where he, he kind of gives people the hope, which is like obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, leading on from the flashback. So he gives people that that hope, and Kate comments on it, saying it's unlike him. Um, and then she says, "I'm going down into the hatch uh, off her own back." So mm. uh, I just thought it was just it kind of it kind of didn't it almost didn't want you to think that John was the instigator behind it, but I still got that vibe that John was going to do it anyway. He was just going to let someone go down there for him because he's yeah. such a bastard. <laughs> yes, he is. Naughty John Locke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems, it seems like uh, he'd be quite happy, as he was in the, the finale, to be taken by something um, from the island. You know, because he, yeah. he, like, he was like, let me die, let me die. Um, and then <laughs> and then here, he's, he's almost reluctant Um I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's maybe inconsistent. Um, you know, where, where he uses somebody. Well, no, I suppose it's not. Maybe the let me die was inconsistent. But, um, yeah, I mean, as you say, doing this this these podcasts, I've, I've sort of come around to the notion that, yeah, he's not that great, Locke. Um, you know, he, he's very... Um, yeah, he's only... Yeah, well... <laughs> like he's selfish. He, he really, he's yeah, selfish. yeah, basically. Um, all like I'm going to fulfill my destiny and I don't care if I have to kill all of you to do it basically yeah that's that's John Locke's character in yeah. the first like three seasons yeah <laughs> that is him to a T um, but then it, it doesn't help it because sorry it doesn't help us as an audience to mm. see that because in his flashbacks he's so sympathetic yeah so it's, it's like it's the most annoying character in that, mm. in that regard because he's so easily dislikable on the <laughs> island stuff like hmm. it's mad that's yeah. why he's such a good character just the duality exactly of him. I was going to say the duality is the best part about John Locke hmm. absolutely yeah. but I mean um, I'm just trying to say, so yeah I mean we can say about the speech Jack gives that speech to you know explain to the survivors we found a hatch we're telling you all now <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and hopefully we can go down there and get away because at this point there's still the th- potential threat of the others isn't there Shannon's bank. If we get a bit of Shannon watch, um, she. Yes. Oh, I'll tell you what, one big thing we haven't mentioned. Um, so, Shannon watch. So, Shannon's lost uh, Vincent. She's an idiot. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> oh yes, of course. Of she course. and Saeed run into the woods. Um, this comes just before the speech, so she goes to the woods, and she sees uh, little Walt, Walt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and he is talking gibberish, but a little web search, and apparently he is saying, "Don't push the button," but backwards. Uh, they, oh, Lindelof cool. and Coos t- Twin Peaks this fucker didn't they <laughs> yeah. so Walt is drenched in water mm-hmm. um, and I remember seeing this when I first saw it like years ago like 2005 and I was like whoa that's a bit creepy so it's, yeah it's very Twin Peaksy. Um, yeah. and, and yeah so again at this, at this point um, obviously we know that Walt has been taken but the characters yeah. don't um, which yeah it's 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 very creepy. I mean, I know. Very, I think we said last time that um, the 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 bloody boon um, saying whatever it was he was saying. Um, no, he's actually bloody, not bloody boon. He was actually covered in bloody blood. Boon. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa uh, falls up the stairs. Yeah, like that. Yeah. That was the, the creepiest thing so far, and I'd forgotten about this. And this this was pretty creepy. I didn't like it one bit. No, it was because he did like the the shushing, and he heard the whispers as yeah, well. Yeah, and it kind of felt a little bit sorry for Shannon. Not not. Too much, but a little <laughs> bit. She was a bit enough, of peril. Enough. Yeah. Enough. Um, but yeah. Uh, so after that, um, Shannon goes back to the camp, and then during the meeting, she says, "I saw Walt, and no one believes her." Mm-hmm. Um, and then she starts talking about the others as well. Obviously, going back to the thing about the others, and Charlie kind of chimes up and says, "Oh, they're not real." It's obviously he's going by the Russo thing, mm-hmm. Russo's little plot last season. Um, yes, yes, of course. So people are a bit against the Shannon at the moment, which mm. is, uh, well, I mean, I think she says at one point mm. she doesn't, she wants to be useful, and I'm like, she does. Thank fuck. She does. That's that's all we want <laughs> as an audience. <laughs> um, so she's trying to be, so she's a useful character now by being fucking unuseful and them shining a the light right on it, because um, mm-hmm. you can't look after a fucking dog. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, sorry. That's where we get to, to the speech. To be fair, to be fair to her, Vincent does run away from a lot of other characters. <laughs> I, I will give her this. But that's all she has. Like literally, that's all she has to do. What that? Uh, yeah. Now that you put it like that. Uh, well, apart from apart from the odd like um, five knuckle shuffle for Saeed, I mean, what else? <laughs> what else does she do? <laughs> um... Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, you got me <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. She's <laughs> not the voice of reason. She's not like the, the matriarch. She's not the go-getter. She's just boring, boring old Shannon Wait. with Vincent. Um. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, try, I tried to look out for you there, Shannon, but yeah, there's not much to go on, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no oh, not at yeah. all. Not at all. Um, but like after that... Um, Jack sort of decides that he's he's going to the the caves or no sorry not going to the caves he's in the caves he's going to find uh, Kate and Locke um, and that's when he he sort of gets all action man and uh, repels down down into the hatch um, and it's because is... he knows he knows that Locke <laughs> is going to sacrifice Kate so that's why he's going <laughs> yeah that's, that's fair enough uh, <laughs> but uh, like the the next, I don't know. It's probably, it, it feels like it's about five minutes, where it's where it's just wordless, and we're just exploring this new set of the hatch. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. like it's it's very tense and it's very um, 
mysterious, I guess. Well, obviously it's mysterious, but uh, you know, you you see all these locations that we're going to become used to over this this whole entire season. Um, like you see the uh, the mural painted on the wall, and I think you see the yeah. Dharma symbol for the first time. I think you also um, you also see Jack's uh, chain with the magnet, kind of the yes. magnetism, and yeah. you get that. That's, What's the yeah. mural about? Because I saw that when I watched the episode, and I didn't record that. So is that because you see that little pots of paint next to it? So is that something that uh, the someone who lived in the station had done over the course of so many years, or is it? Um, I'm not sure actually who, who it was. I, I just know that it it had uh, 108 in the middle of it, which is the countdown, the oh, the number of the countdown. Yeah. Of course, oh. of course. Uh, it all oh, rhymes. It's like poetry, <laughs> and and isn't isn't there a reference to what comes to be the um, when when it goes into lockdown and Lock sees the maps? I'm sure they make yeah. like a very very quick reference to that, and you and it's completely oh. meaningless at that point. I can't remember. Okay. I might be making that up. To be honest, no, with. you're right. Um, it's like a map of the other stations, and it's in like a black That's light right. effect. And That's right. Uh, Later on, John does draw the map from memory, but that's like a bit of way ahead. But yeah, no, he does see it. Um, so you tell me that, that the lost writers don't think ahead. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> up to season, up to season three, four. Yeah, we'll give him a buy up until then. <laughs> um, and, okay. Yeah, and, and and Jack also goes into the the room with all the, uh, I guess they're like servers or whatever, but uh, and also the the computer, um, the. I'm just looking it up as an Apple II computer. I don't know how old that is, but I think it's oh, wow. maybe 80s. Is that 80s? 70s? That must be early 80s. Early 80s? I think late, yeah, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah, around then. Yeah. No, it's just it's like the whole scene um, with Jack just very slowly walking through the hatch. Um, it's just, you know, it's uh, lots and lots of information at once. Um, you know, again, again, not the keep track of all the mysteries but you're just like oh what's that oh what's this why is the yeah. the key on round jack's neck attracted to the wall um yeah i mean again, it's perfect for a season opener really isn't it oh it's, yeah yeah it's, um, it's adding all those th- throwing all those threads that they're going to explore whether you realize yeah. it or not yeah no it's really good uh, and, and having and having the uh looking back in hindsight you're just like oh okay that's yeah that's pretty good um i, I know where where this leads and that you know it was satisfactorily paid off in the end, um, at least as far mm. as the season two finale goes. Uh, you know, all the stuff with the hatch was, as far as I remember, pretty satisfactorily. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's very good. And then um, you see, uh, as Jack is about to use the computer, that's when we see Locke again. It is. So what we should say just before we go. Uh, any further is that well we've already mentioned that these overlap but obviously when mm. uh, jack sees lock again you know he's got a gun to his head from an unknown mm-hmm. assailant mm-hmm. that little smidge of time is obviously picked up in it's not a drift i think it's orientation i want to say episode mm-hmm. three um so there is obviously that tapestry that is being woven mm-hmm. um but it's it's a it's a good thing to point out um Jack, like you say, Jack's about to use the laptop. Sorry, the computer, the Apple II Plus computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack, uh, Locke says, "Don't touch it." Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of asks. He asks where Kate is, and again, can't remember where she is at this point, off the top of my head. 
we won't say because <laughs> obviously it does get revealed. Um, Locke is obviously revealed to be at gunpoint, and the gunman threatens to shoot Locke if Jack doesn't surrender. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bit of a tit for tat yet again between. Uh, it's not as it's not as big as it has been, but between yeah. Jack and Locke about you know all roads lead in here. Is this what yeah. we, is this what you really wanted? Is this what we all wanted? Yeah, I, I enjoyed um, that. Jack, Jack's like, is this your destiny, Luck? Uh, I yeah. enjoyed that quite a lot. <laughs> That's a great line. It is a great line, yeah. Even in that moment, he's, he's like, yeah, this ain't destiny. This is just madness. <laughs> but he, um, and he does he does his usual John Locke thing of calm down. It's okay. <laughs> you don't you don't understand what I understand and you're like, shut up, Locke <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop undermining everybody <laughs> <laughs> But he's right, he's right. Um and then you get the very Scottish w- I can't remember the line verbatim, but it's something along the lines of I'll blow his damn head off, brother. Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much that, yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much that. And he steps out and that is probably at this point definitely the big holy shit moment of the episode because it's yeah. revealed to be Desmond yeah. um, and uh, the, the fate, well the smash to black is just Jack saying you <laughs> mm. um, yeah and that's your episode but what a way to kind of conclude everything and, and the best thing is really there's so many threads still hanging you've not really learned anything you've just added more questions which I guess is either to the you know the success or the detriment of the show is what it's known for. Really, is it raising more questions than maybe it answered? Yeah, there's so much going on. Like, of course, we've got the new the new Desmond storyline, but I mean, it's not at the, it's not to the detriment of like the other storylines. Like, they're still mentioned about Definitely the others. Not. They still have the Walt thing there, um, or sorry, the raft thing loosely because Walt appears. Mm. So, son asks, "Oh, you know, is, are they okay?" You know, at one point. Hurley and the numbers and his paranoia, uh, Jack and Locke with their kind of relationship. It's just there's so much going on, um, but it balances so well. And that Desmond, the Desmond storyline, the Hatch storyline is is prominent, but it still allows other things to breathe around it. It's just really effectively written. Yeah, actually, just as you've said that, you made it's made me think that whilst everything does tend to happen in in the Hatch or in and around this new set. Um, there is like the storylines that we've known uh, or that have been occurring before kind of continue within that surrounding almost mm-hmm. so it's yeah. not like so it's not like they're just focusing entirely on the hatch other things ironically seem to be working against it as well whilst you're learning things that's the good yeah the good thing they all they all link to the hatch because the John yeah. and Jack uh uh, they're at odds all the time because of this faith against science or logic against faith. Um, so you got that tied into the hatch. You have the the thing with um, uh, uh, the others linked to the hatch. You know, indirectly linked to to, to, to the Dharma stuff. There's all these things that just center around it. But then that's your big centerpiece. That's your big kind of that's your turkey on on the dinner yeah. table. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good so so good so I guess things to take from this episode are a lot of stuff's happened <laughs> um, in a nutshell mm-hmm. uh, we've not even really touched or broken the ice of this 
you could argue it's a it's a three parter to start with really it's a neat yeah. little trilogy yeah um i guess the things that you're left with is you've got all the mysteries of the hatch you've gone into it you've seen there's a unusual magnetic force there's uh there's the idea that someone clearly lives here um <laughs> there is and then there's like an underground dome that's got all this computing equipment and a prompt that you've got to execute a command of some sorts I mean, mm. initially, <laughs> looking back on it, when I first watched it, I, I mean, even in hindsight, I, de I definitely had no idea what the hell was going on. I don't think you meant to. I, I thought, I was like, you've ruined it. Like, you've ruined the show. Because they've, <laughs> yeah. they've, they've kind of done away with the whole island and mysterious thing, and now it's gone to like, oh, no, they're all going to be living in these quarters now, and it's going to be completely different. And it, Well, it is completely different to, to an extent, but not in a bad way, so... Yeah, um, I mean... But we've always said that Lost was one of the first, well, for me it was, but like one of the first water cooler TV series that we may have all watched uh, in tandem. And I, I know for a fact, being at school, saying, "Oh my God, what you know, what does that computer do?" <laughs> that was a big yeah. thing at lunchtime or you know during break or whatever. Like, did you, holy shit, mate, did you watch Lost? Yeah, what about this, this, and this? But what does the computer do? <laughs> yeah. And I think we all because... got it wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can how can you guess anything like that? Let's be honest. <laughs> I think I did think at one point, oh, it must be like a like into command codes for a bomb or something, because here we've got a bunker on a deserted island in the Pacific, and it's like an antiquated computer system or terminal. So what could it be? My first instinct at the time was it's some kind of bomb. That was my first inkling okay. that's that's not far off, I wasn't no, it's, far not too, off. No, it's not too far off at all it's not too far off at all I, I think i think in my in my young mind or some of my young friends minds someone was like right this has gone total king kong it's keeping in like some <laughs> weird fucking creature and i was like oh, there's already a weird fucking creature on the island and yeah. they, they were like oh yeah and i'm like <laughs> so it's clearly nothing well that we know of at this point nothing to do with the smoke monster <laughs> <laughs> no, know, not at all. Not, it's got absolutely nothing to do with that. So <laughs> they quickly dismissed this whole King Kong idea that it was some weird <laughs> creature. Um, I, re I just really don't know. That, that I think that was the beauty of it, is that you were just led to talk about it for ages and theorise. Mm. And the, I think the best part was that when you got to the next episode, you were always wrong. I, I always loved being wrong because it was like, <laughs> yeah. oh... Yep. That's that's a cool way of going about it. Oh, oh so much to get into this next. Yeah, list. there's so much to talk about. <laughs> it's oh, just Jesus. It's it's such a good thing. So I mean, a couple of things in terms of production that I've got. I mean, I've I probably wrote more production notes than I did general notes. But um, <laughs> so, man of science, man of faith is obviously a quote that alludes to the previous episode between uh, Jack and Locke. Um, what they wanted, and I think we've touched upon this actually. One thing that Damon Lindelof stated about the episode, uh, alongside obviously Man of Science, Man of Faith being Jack and Locke, it was also to imply that Jack is is both within you know within his flashback a man of science, but he does face a miracle, i.e., yeah. saving Sarah. Hmm. So whilst hmm. you could you know it could be meant to be just Jack and Locke, it actually is all about Jack. He, he yeah. is a man of science, but 
whether he believes it or not, he is a man of faith too. Because hmm. the title, it, the title actually uh, gives more weight to that because it, it's man of science, comma man of faith. So man it's of, effectively yeah. talking about the same person, person exactly. in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I thought that was very interesting, and obviously something that the writers chose to pursue from the off. So I think we were right in what we said there. Um, yeah, we've already said that you know it was episode was written to focus more on the hatch and very little to do with the raft, and obviously that is detailed more next week when we'll discuss that. Um, I think as well one thing that I thought was interesting was um, that they de- um, deliberately decided to start the episode inside the hatch, which is the Swan, I think it's later revealed to be. Um, yep, Swan Station. The Swan Station, that's right. So, because A, you know, it throws you off. I, I think they would have expected the audience for it to, you know, pick up straight from uh, Jack and Locke looking down into the hatch. Um, and uh, I quite liked that the uh, the interior of the hatch is styled apparently on San Fr- uh, an old 60s San Francisco apartment. <laughs> so there's okay. your, Yeah, there's your decor. Um Influence that makes a lot of sense, yeah, because obviously the majority of the things that I like the like the um, furniture and like the or the furnishing, sorry, all kind of screen to me like sixties. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely sixties. And then again, Mama Cass, make your own kind of music, a sixties track. Yeah, you know, and he's yeah. using like vinyls and yeah, yep, records. Um, incidentally, I'll make your own kind of music is used. Uh, quite a few times throughout the series, I think. Um, I think it's more of a lyrical motif for Desmond. Actually, uh, I think mm-hmm. they realised how how much synergy there was between the, him and that track. Uh, but Lindelof said he chose it because uh, it reminded him of his childhood uh, and his mother. You know, listening to records on Sunday mornings. You know, like you know, doing the chores basically, washing the parts. You know hoovering things like that and obviously that's very much reflected in that introduction with what desmond does so it's kind of one of those tracks that you have on in the background that you you do your house chores to so it's very hmm. it's just very normal things oh <laughs> uh, see if that was me if i was desmond it'd be like fucking luther vandross or something <laughs> oh that's a good point so luther vandross john <laughs> if it was you what would you be having <laughs> <laughs> oh good I reaction if we're talking like what our mums listen to on a Sunday doing the housework, it's probably <laughs> Luther Vandross. Um, okay, take that, never let's... forget. <laughs> I'm not joking, by the way. <laughs> I don't know, it would probably be some Lionel Richie. Oh, yeah, good yeah, shout, good of, shout. Yeah. <laughs> Classic R&B. Do you know what, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be interested to see if like anyone on YouTube's like... Uh, taken that scene but like redubbed it so could you imagine it with dancing on the ceiling for example <laughs> <laughs> just as the explosion happens and you know <laughs> or like um Olivia Newton John like get physical get physical yeah, his little yeah. bike yeah um <laughs> just randomly put the time warp on there for some reason I don't know like just, <laughs> just go absolutely crazy with it um and uh my, my final thing was just it's more of an extension of um, the, the decor really for the Swan Station, but I think knowing I think they knew obviously that it had become a centerpiece location for 
obviously this entire season and it was designed to invoke the modernism of the 70s almost similar to how Disneyland's Tomorrowland if you've ever been to Paris or Orlando yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah, tom- the, that, tom- yeah. the Tomorrowland uh, influence how that how that was evoked uh, or what was considered modern in the 60s um, but it's mm. also kind of decayed as well um, I was just going to say like the, the room where the uh, the the computer sits it's, it's in that sort of it's in that dome shape like the like the Epcot ball the Epcot yeah. golf ball yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's a really good point, good. yeah. Never th- I never thought about that, but yeah, that makes perfect sense. No, I never did yeah. until I was just reading the production notes for it, so th- yeah. it's, it's clear. That's really interesting. It is, it is, and it's really clear to me that they just, they just at this point, definitely, they knew exactly what they were doing. I, mm. I know I know that a lot of people gave season two a lot of stick because of, oh, what's the point in putting numbers in? It's not going to do anything, and I was like, but that's exactly the point of the season. Mm. <laughs> you just You've just explained exactly why it's good. It's a, que- it's a question of faith. It's a question of clashes and coincidences and miracles and oh, it just pissed me off that people didn't like it. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's just really there's a lot of production there. But I think a lot of it centers around the Swan Station and the decor and what that's meant to evoke from a uh, an audience point of view. I also think it's really funny mm. that you know, above all of that weird and wonderful decor is just a jungle. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and obviously as we go on to see further stations, you know, you get more of a feel for what the Dharma Initiative were going for, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. It's a safe, perfect setup. Perfect setup. So with that, I mean, unless anyone's got any further things to discuss, I've got well, not things to discuss. I just wanted to do mm-hmm. a couple of little shout-outs. Go for it. Um, yeah, so. Um, we had I had a message from or a tweet from uh, some guys at the um, previously on Lost podcast. Um, they're an American oh, cool. podcast uh, for the show, and they gave us a little shout out on their recording this week. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you very oh, much. Nice. Thank you. Um, and also, uh, this is just from this is like a personal shout out. This is for the Lost and Drunk podcast. <laughs> uh, kind Aaron. They are uh, two guys from Bristol who are rewatching Lost and doing a podcast on it, and they have a nice drink whilst doing it. So I love the format and list last sort of like five or six episodes, and yeah, some good stuff. Really enjoy it. So yeah, just want to acknowledge them as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like the idea. I'll have a look. Yeah. Yeah, Lost is like a community now, isn't it? I love it. Uh, <laughs> I also like the idea of basically doing drunk history, but with Lost. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's quite cool. They just they sit and watch the episode, and you know they just kind of commentate through it. So it's yeah, a little different to, to how we do it, but yeah, it's it's a cool little format. And as I say, they're from the UK, so support your fellow brothers, I guess. Yes, <laughs> and we'll and we'll be using brothers the further we go along because it's a very oh, very God. very mainstream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just basically the best line that anyone could ever say, and so and so warm. <laughs> it makes me feel happy whenever I hear it in that Scottish accent. <laughs> But with that, thank you, uh, everybody. It's been a pleasure, as always. Um, it is, yeah. We've got a lot more to get through. <laughs> Let's face it, we've not even oh. touched the surface here. A um, lot more questions than answers. But next week we will be covering uh, a drift. So we will be picking up with the uh, boat people. 
Your boys. Your boys, yeah. Uh, whose centric episode is it? It's a Michael mm. episode. Oh, it's a Michael one. Yeah. Okay, so we will be picking up with Mr. Michael Dawson. Who... But we do get to meet the lovely Anna Lucia, finally. Yes. Nice. Yeah, see... Well, not finally, but we see her again. Mm-hmm. Easy, mm-hmm. easy on the eyes, I find. <laughs> She's got the loveliest resting bitch face in the whole of the acting world. <laughs> I said this to someone else, almost verbatim, Scott. I said the exact same thing. I was like, don't you just watch Fast and Furious and think, wow, that's a sexy resting bitch face. And this person just looked <laughs> at me like, you are? And I'm like, well, don't, don't, I mean, she's easy on the eyes, don't get me wrong, but that, there's, yeah, can you not see it? And they were like, dude, you, you're totally wrong. And I'm like, nah, nah, I'm right, I'm right. Nah. I agree I'm with sorry. you. I'm she, sorry, yeah, definitely. And she really does smile throughout her duration on loss. She's kind of frowning most of the time. Yeah. Um, and I just still think she's like, incredibly sexy when she does it (laughs) there's something there there's something there definitely and we get a very first very 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 brief first glimpse at triple a i believe as well oh yeah oh you know what i've just i know we're going forward a bit but i've kind of jumped into season three already as you know (laughs) and like watching what what happens with, with with echo and i'm like oh man you know what this guy he could have been like the most he could have been the key. Um, he could have been one of the biggest characters. I mean, he, he definitely is one of the biggest characters, but just how much opportunity was missed from him as a character. But yeah, he's so good. He's just amazing. He was. And I think we've said it before, but that wasn't down to the writers. I think that was down to the actor himself. So Yeah. But sadly, it's a, shame. it's a shame. What could have been, but he's great for what we got. So anyway, next An week. indelible mark. Yes, indelible mark. So next week, Adrift, Michael Dawson. But other than that, thank you. That is our premiere of season two covered. Thank you for your time. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and speak soon. Bye. Bye.